Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 305. Royal Caribbean has once again changed the landscape of what a cruise vacation can offer with its $250 million transformation of Perfect Day at Coco Key. Royal Caribbean sought to offer its guests a combination of thrill and chill, and over the courses of many months, created an entirely new private island experience. But how did we get from Coco Key to Perfect Day Coco Key, and what kind of work went into the project? I'm honored to have joining me this week, Claudia Diaz-Gonzalez, who spearheaded this project for Royal Caribbean and took some time to share the stories behind making Perfect Day at Coco Key a reality. Here we go. If you've been lucky enough to visit Perfect Day at Coco Key, then you know exactly how impressive Royal Caribbean's transformation of its private island truly is. In continuing Royal Caribbean's tradition of innovation and introducing new concepts to the cruise industry, Perfect Day at Coco Key ups the cruise line private island game to a place we've really never imagined before. Not only are there changes and additions eye-catching, but they really capture the imagination of so many guests who instantly find an oasis of relaxation and fun rolled into one. And a project of this magnitude is no simple task, and certainly not something that comes out of a mail-order catalog. To offer a peek behind the curtain of the hard work Royal Caribbean put into transforming Perfect Day Coco Cay is Royal Caribbean's Director of Private Destination Development, Claudia Diaz-Gonzalez. Welcome to the podcast, Claudia. Thanks for having me, Matt. Very excited to be here with you. Absolutely. I mean, ever since Perfect Day Coco Cay opened up officially back in early May, there has been nothing but a ton of excitement and people really, I think, even more excited than they were before. Uh, with with all the cool things there, people just can't wait to get a, a a look at and finally visit it for themselves. And I certainly fell into that category, Claudia, having visited. And I've got so many questions for you. I want to ask about the development of Perfect Day Coco Cay, but I think it's important we probably take a step back and talk about the genesis of this project. How did the idea of radically enhancing and upgrading Coco Cay get started? You know, as you know. Destination is a big motivator for our for our cruise guests. Everybody's excited, uh, not only about the fantastic ships that we have in our fleet, but about the places that you're going to visit. And Coco Cay has been a guest favorite destination for years because the beach there is just fantastic. There's not really much we needed to do to the beach to just continue to have that fantastic experience there. But as as you know, and many of our Royal Caribbean guests know, the fact that we didn't have a pier made us miss that port many times. So really, this this whole project kind of started with the need to have a pier on the island, to really make sure that our guests had the ability to visit the island, had the access to the island as many times as we could possibly give it. It really, really enhances the vacation experience when you're able to go to a port like that and enjoy just a, a fantastic beach day on some of the most beautiful beaches, not just in the Bahamas, but in the world. So Perfect Day at Coco Key really kind of stems from knowing that we wanted that development to be there. And then we just kind of, as we always do, just kept questioning each other on how to make it better and challenging ourselves on how can we really kind of transform this port of call into not just giving our guests that fantastic beach they know and love and that relaxation, uh, but we've been hearing from our guests that, that it's really about that balance of thrill and chill as they vacation. And so how did you add, how do we add that aspect of thrill into this beautiful, relaxing island? And, uh, we tried to design the experience in a way that really answered 
all of those things that our guests were looking for when they visited an island and all of the things that they uh, wanted in a, in a destination that we were really designing for, for our guests. It's all about the Royal Caribbean guests and uh, it's about us doing what we know is perfect for them when they visit an island. I think you hit upon something that's really important that I didn't even notice until actually we were at Perfect Day at Coco Cay and it was kind of spelled out. You and I had a conversation on the island and it really makes sense about that whole thrill and chill on each side of the island and that kind of the blending in the middle. And, you know, that's a really, I think, an underappreciated aspect of what you guys have done here because of, you know, when you talk about anything you offer, whether it's a cruise ship or a private island, you've got to meet the demands and, and needs of a lot of different guests, right? You've got young kids, you've got teenagers, you've got uh, millennials, you've got couples, you've got families, you've got retirees and everyone else in between. You know, how did you, can you talk about the approach you have to ensuring there was something for everybody? Absolutely. So, as you know, we have 50 years of having this bold legacy of really creating fantastic vacations for our guests. And so we, we had that those years of experience to kind of be our guiding principle as we designed this island. Um, we knew the vacation motivators were the, that thrill and chill when they arrived on the island. So we wanted it to just make it as simple as possible for you to choose that direction that you wanted to go in on your perfect day. And that the design of that arrivals plaza is actually something that had, I would say, probably had around 25 different iterations of the design. Because I think in the beginning, we started to make it a little too complicated. And we knew that in order for you to have a perfect day, it needed to be just seamless. It needed to be something that just kind of happened. So we gave you that very simple indication. It is Thrill Water Park and it is Chill Island. Those are your two motivations. If you know exactly what you want to do, go ahead and go straight to those. Uh, and then this idea of Sandy Lane uh, really just kind of... Uh, explored the adventurous spirit of our guests. So it's, it's that invitation to come seek uh, what we have for you on the island. Uh, and then one of the things that we've really noticed as the island has started to operate as the new perfect day at Coco Key is that this balance of thrill and chill is very different for each and every single one of our guests. So for some of our guests actually visiting the beach and doing taking part in some of those beach activities and snorkeling and um going kayaking is actually, even though we consider it sort of a chill activity, it's very adventurous for some of our guests as well. So it's, we're kind of enhancing this idea of thrill and chill all throughout the island, even though we do give you those two very clear directions for you to choose from when you get to the island, the thrill water park and chill island. Do you remember what your first day or your first week working on this project was like? I've got to imagine it was such a tall order to try to get started on a project of this significance. So I actually, um, for my immediate job before coming into the design of Perfect Day at Coco Key, was actually leading our loyalty program. So I was uh, the manager of the Crown and Anchor Society, which I think um, was such a, a, a benefit for me to really understand what our guests were looking for and what our guests loved about Coco Key as it stood as an island and what it meant to our guests. And so the first day that I came into kind of working on this project, uh, the project had been talked about for many years and we had kind of been um, iterating design ideas and what we wanted to look for. And we had done research on Muta Cruise, which, as you know, is, is a big 
motivator for the cruise industry as a whole. How do we introduce new people to this fantastic vacation experience? But then on the first day of working on Perfect Day at Coco Key, it was really all about delivering on what our guests are looking for now, right? We know what, what, our, what we want. We create these vacation experiences. As I've said before, we have years of experience in just innovating and pushing ourselves to the boundary. But all of that comes from wanting to do the right things for our guests and wanting to like innovate and incite this, this um, idea of exploring new experiences. So I, I always thought about what, what could we put on this island that would respect the fantastic experience that our guests are used to having at Coco Key, but also incite this idea of exploration and making sure that people wanted to try new activities and that people recognize that we know the value of that island, that Coco Key as it stands is a beautiful island, but that we also want you to explore your adventurous spirit with us and uh, get this idea of living outside of your boundaries. Because the beauty of that cruise vacation is that you're sort of in this comfortable place that allows you to explore new things and allows you to live life to the fullest. And so that idea of come seek really does kind of come through in the design of the island and we wanted it to be sort of a seamless experience all throughout where you could do as little as you wanted or as much as you wanted all in one day. And that is something that no other place in the world has for you. Perfect Day at Coco Key is probably the only place where you can find such different attractions um, and amenities in such a, a, a small footprint of land. And so it really does kind of allow you to have as much of an active day or as little of an active day as you want and, and create your perfect day. It's about you creating your perfect day. I think you, that, that really sums it up really, really well about what your, the vision for perfect day is all about. And it, it reminds me of like, uh, you know, asking my kids what they want for dinner. And inevitably the question, the answer is, oh, I don't know. And, but then as soon as I suggest something, of course, no, I don't want that. That's terrible. Or I want this or I want that. Right. <laughs> but with, with a per with a private island, I feel like when you, with all the great stuff that you've added there, it allows you, the guests to go there. Maybe they don't know; they can't write down on paper exactly what might have been their perfect idea of a private island. But I mean, to uh, every person I've talked to has come back and is like, "Matt, this place is amazing! Like everything about it, we loved." And I think that's a credit to you know the the hard work, design, and going back to where you started. You know, I think your your background, Claudia, with you know the. Uh, uh, guest loyalty, right? About understanding what guests are looking for, even if they can't express what they're looking for necessarily, but delivering that. And, and the proof is in the pudding, really, when you look at uh, what Perfect Day is all about. And and we got to dive into some of the uh, the now of Perfect Day, Coco K, because uh, I think anyone looking at this now can't help but gravitate towards Thrill Water Park for all the family fun you've packed in there. Talk to us about what makes Thrill Water Park stand out, especially in a market where water slides and aqua parks are found in a lot of different ports of calls. Absolutely. I, I think the beauty of Perfect Day at Coco Key, whether it's Thrill Water Park, Chill Island, the Oasis Lagoon Pool, is that really families don't have to decide anymore where they want to go because so many things are there for them. Right? So I think, number one, the beauty of Thrill Water Park is that if kids wanted to go to a water park but the parents also want to have a relaxing experience throughout the day, then they can enjoy Thrill Water Park in the morning or in their afternoon with their kids. And then they can also take their kids with them to enjoy a more relaxing afternoon at the pool or at the beach. 
So I think that's the number one differentiator for Thrill Water Park as a whole is just the fact that it is on Perfect Day at Coco Key, which is a most fantastic private island you will ever find. But then aside from that, we wanted to make sure that Thrill Water Park was designed in a way where every ride kind of gave you something different and there was something for everyone to enjoy. So as you know, we have Daredevil's Peak, the North America's tallest water slide at 135 feet. That one is really all about the thrill factor, right? So we know we wanted to challenge you. We wanted you to go fast. We wanted you to have all these kind of different experiences throughout the tube. It gets dark. There's light. There's speed. There's up. There's down. So we knew we wanted to create that sense of thrill and adventure. So that's that's really all what Daredevil's Tower is about. And we designed it in a way where you kind of keep challenging yourself. So there's slides at 25 feet. There's some slides at 50 feet, some slides at 75 feet, and then Daredevil's Peak at 135. So it, it kind of works you up to getting that courage to really take the plunge down Daredevil's Peak. And then as we did a lot of guest research uh, and visited a lot of water parks, we know that the best parts of a water park are the fun you get to have with your family. And that's really kind of the most exciting part of being there. And that is why what is now Splash Summit was actually lovingly called Family Tower, because that was all about you challenging your family and enjoying that tower with your family. So the mat racer slides are, I think, my favorite to do with the family. Um, I always uh, joke around that people think they can beat me, but it's simple physics. The parents always win. <laughs> so I love to see people's faces when they come down that slide because the kids always think they're going to be at the parents and they never do. Um, and then Twister, which is a, a single raft or a double raft slide. It's just a lot of fun. You get a lot of different uh, experiences through the tube. There's light that comes in. It gets small. It gets big. Uh, and then Slingshot, I think, is the guest favorite attraction on the island is Slingshot. The faces of everybody who goes up of that slide and kind of up that what's called the Boomerango slide is just, it's thrilling just to even watch. You don't even need to go on the slide to enjoy being there, which is awesome. It is all about family and family having fun together. And then the other two attractions in Thrill Water Park are the Adventure Pool. And the Adventure Pool we always designed uh, with sort of that um, in-between, uh, like being a, a kid and a teenager in mind, that they were kind of like challenge each other and it's got a little bit of a of a competition aspect to it. Uh, and what we have found is that it actually adults and kids alike enjoy being there. And it's kind of ends up being the parents and the kids that challenge each other. So I think it's a fantastic uh, adjacency to it being next to what we used to call Family Tower, now Splash Summit, because it really is all about uh, that being together. And then we have the Wave School, which is the largest wave school in the Caribbean. And that's really, again, all about family fun. Um, the additional part of this water park is that we have cabanas uh, within the water park. So it does kind of give you that balance of thrill and chill within the park. You have sort of your home base that you can just relax to, spend time with your family. You can eat directly in the cabana. So it's all about making it um, a hassle-free sort of vacation experience. You have all these fantastic activities around you. You can be spend all day enjoying the thrill of Thrill Water Park and all these different slides. But you can also relax in all these cabanas, have a fantastic view of the island, see the ocean right next to you, uh, and just sort of enjoy the whole day, day there as a family if that's what you choose to be your perfect day. 
uh, I mean, just in short, there's a lot of fun stuff to do at, at Thrill Water Park. It's it's no question about it. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I I think if I had to pick, though, in addition to Perfect Day that may fly under the radar but stands out like as a real home run, I really believe it's Oasis Lagoon Pool. I mean, from the moment I stepped in, it became my family's must-visit spot on the island. It seems like it's become a real hit with guests as well. Clearly, it's not just another pool. Can you talk a little bit about Oasis Lagoon? Oasis Lagoon Pool, I have to tell you, is one of my proudest moments when opening all of these things on the island has been Oasis Lagoon Pool. Because as we designed it, we all kind of fell in love with the renderings. And we always say, well, you just can't. The rendering is just a pretty picture. We'll see what it actually looks like. And I think this this is one of the many features on the island. But the, I think this one in particular is so much better than the rendering. I think this pool is just a home run. And I say that because every time I want to walk by it, and it doesn't matter how many times I go by it, I just want to get in and enjoy time there. <laughs> doesn't matter what mood you're in. We designed it in a way where it had sort of these three different areas. So you have the zero entry to really enjoy with the family. You have the swim up bar right in the middle. That's kind of the heart of the pool. And it becomes sort of this party atmosphere and then you have the other end of the pool which is a little bit more relaxed uh closer to chill island in pool loungers and just people sort of relaxing there reading a book uh i i just think it's a it's an experience that really kind of transforms you when you step into oasis lagoon pool and i love the fact that we named it oasis lagoon because it really does feel like you're in sort of this oasis in the middle of an island and it's it's it just really just kind of puts you in a different mindset of relaxation and vacation time is so important to our guests. And uh, I think that that uh, feeling of I've arrived somewhere that just really takes me into a different mindset is so important. And I'm really proud of the fact that Oasis Lagoon Pool actually does that for our guests. Absolutely. It's it's even before Thrill Water Park opened. If you had just added Oasis Lagoon Pool and the pier that you talked about earlier, that would have been, people would have still been like, this place is amazing. So the fact that you have <laughs> so much more than that is is just incredible, quite frankly. But, you know, this, like I said, I kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode where, you know, I can only imagine the challenges you had with constructing Perfect Day at Coco Key. Even under the best of circumstances, construction is always full of surprises. And with building in such a remote location, you must have had your fair share of tribulations going into this. Oh, each and every day there was a, a different problem that arose. But as you know well from our brand, we we never settle for just okay. So um, we always kind of push ourselves to the limit. And uh, you either find a way or you make a way to make things happen. And so we had fantastic partners, uh, an incredible crew on the island, uh, fantastic contractors we worked with. So it, it was really... Uh, you know, everybody kind of jokes around that it takes a village, but I always say that it, it was kind of a world effort to pull uh, this project together. And I could not be prouder of the team um, that built this island and that launched this island and that continues to operate it each and every day. And the way we've all kind of worked together to uh, bring Perfect Day to life has been a true testament to the fact that we really, it's, it's kind of our third, like, I have two kids already, so I always say it's, like, my third baby. And I think everyone that worked on the project kind of feels the same way. You feel this, like, sense of ownership that um, we 
respect our guest vacation days and we know that we want to create the perfect day for all of our guests. And um, it, that's on us. You know, if, if, if we are able to give you uh, the best vacation day you've ever had in your life, then that is our sense of purpose for building this island each and every day. You know, I, I think this is the perfect follow-up question to what you just said, because um, Perfect Day Coco Key opened up May 4th, I think, 2019. That was the May official. May 4th. Yep. So yep. What, was it, what was it like for you, Claudia, after so many months of design, work, and tweaks to have it open to guests on that day? You know, it was a little bit surreal. Um May 4th morning, I think we all woke up and it was, it almost seemed like another day because it was just as stressful. Uh, but for me, my family was actually on the Navigator of the Seas uh, sailing into the island that day. And the second I sort of told them to get off the ship a little bit later than normal, just to like give me time to get everything open and get everything ready. Um, but I have to tell you that the proudest moment for me was seeing my two kids sort of run down the pier with my husband and their faces were this like complete sense of awe. And they just kind of stood on the arrival plaza and they were dancing with the Junkanoo dancers that we have there on the plaza and looking around at the Captain Jill's galleon. My son just wanted to run straight on there. He was just excited. He was like, I don't know what to do in this like, like, uh, sense of excitement that I saw in my kids' eyes, I think was exactly the sense of excitement that we designed for. And just seeing it come to life, not just in every guest that was arriving to the island, but in my own family, who I've been talking about this project for such a long time with them. But I don't think anyone gets it until you actually get there. And we really have been so passionate about creating the perfect day and making sure that there was things on the island for every single person that I think that moment of actually seeing the perfect day come to life for me is it was like it was surreal it was surreal so I love seeing people's smiles and faces as they come to the island but then actually experiencing it personally was this extreme moment of happiness that's wonderful. It's really great. And, you know, I've had the privilege of visiting Perfect Day Cookie a few times since even back in March. And I've noticed how many tweaks and improvements your team has made in such a short amount of time. How much has feedback from guests and management as well contributed to what we see today on the island? All, all you, everything you see on the island relates directly back to our guest comments. So we are listening to everything our guests are saying as they visit the island. We listened when we designed and we continue to listen as we continue to innovate on the island. And so um, we have our crew members that are out there on the island each and every day talking to our guests and they regularly uh, give feedback back to the office. We visit on a weekly basis. Um, we um, have a survey that's going out directly after our guests visit the island. So uh, if any of you guys are sailing, please fill it out and let us know how you're experiencing the island. Um, you know, it really is all about our guests. And, and that's really what's driving um, the development of this island. It's about giving our guests that perfect vacation day. And so if they can help us uh, do that, then, you know, we really just want to want to listen. And um, we try to filter it. That way we know 
to develop what would answer sort of those concerns and or what those asks are, because a lot of times people don't really know what they're looking for. Um, so we just listen to how they're experiencing it, what they're experiencing, the things that they're saying they would like to see, but that maybe they don't really know how to express it. And that's really what's kind of driving uh, the things we're tweaking on an everyday basis, changes we're doing to the operation. Um, so it is a, it's a relentless pursuit of perfection on the island. <laughs> now, before I let you go, Claudia, so many of my listeners have, that have seen and experienced Perfect Day Coco Key now are so excited for what they've encountered that the obvious question is, what's next? So what does the future hold for the Perfect Day Island collection? Well, as you know, Perfect Day at Coco Key uh, has phase two coming. So we have Coco Beach Club coming now in December, uh, as well as some enhancements to the South Beach. So uh, pretty soon our guests will be seeing sort of that area of the island shut down so we can start uh, the development of that of that side of the island so that our guests really get to um, enjoy those new spaces on the island. Um, and then we're really seeing what our guests are looking for throughout the world. And that's how we will uh, continue to innovate on this Perfect Day Island concept. Uh, so stay tuned. All right, Claudia, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. On behalf of all the guests that will be visiting Perfect Day at Coco Key, I want to thank you for all the, all the work that you and your team has done to deliver uh, really an incredible private island experience. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Matt. And I hope to see you again soon with your kids on the island. All right, time to answer your listener emails. And of course, you can always send me your email by sending it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from Jose Payne. He writes, I have an interesting question that I hope you can answer, maybe in a podcast. I'm thinking of doing a back-to-back -back cruise in January of 2021 with two different Royal Caribbean ships in the same port. Explorer of the Seas arrives in Miami on Friday, and I would board Navigator of the Seas that same day at the same port. Does Royal Caribbean actually assist in helping the cruise passenger in any way? Do they let you know what dock to go to? What step would I, or anyone else in that position, take to make this transition as smooth as possible? It's a good question, Jose. I've never tried this. I have heard of others doing it before. And I think the answer is one of those, it depends. You could certainly ask. I would certainly start there and go to get services and mention, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on ship A, I'm going to go ship B, same port. Is there any way of getting transportation between the two? I have heard from other guests that they have had luck doing that, but Jose, I don't know if that's an actual policy or something in place. I would be prepared though to take a quick Lyft ride or Uber ride in the short distance there is. That's probably the most sensible and easiest way to do it. So you always have that as a backup. Certainly do not drag your bags from terminal A to terminal G. And that's the other part of your question is where they would be. Uh, certainly they can tell you, the crew members will be able to tell you that. Of course you have probably the internet package, Jose, and you can look that up as well. But inevitably, Royal Caribbean really these days cruises out either terminal A, which is the brand new cruise terminal, or terminal G, which is the older one they used to use, but they're on opposite ends really of Dodge Island. So uh, it's not really a walkable kind of situation for yourself. But again, worst case scenario, you could hop in a taxi or a Lyft or an Uber and just head over there. I don't think you have any problems whatsoever in order to making that happen. So it's a great idea. I'm all for it. And it makes it a little more interesting, especially when doing a back to back without going on the same ship yet again. So kind of a neat idea. I like it. Our next email comes to us from uh, Philip Rechtman who writes, uh, Hi Matt, this is our first overseas and Royal Caribbean cruise. I know it's still over 100 days away to go, but there's not much on the cruise planner. Is this to be expected? Also, my wife and I like to use thermal spa packages on other cruise lines, and the package on the cruise planner says couples package seven days, but our cruise is eight days. Do I assume they're not counting the first day? 
regards, thanks. Um, so good question, Philip. Thank you for sending the email. So in terms of the cruise planner stuff, you know, when things show up in there can definitely be a little, it'll depend. There is no set time. I get a question all the time. Hey Matt, when are the drink packages going to show up there? When are shore excursions going to show up there? When is anything going to show up in the cruise planner? And the answer is it kind of depends. And there's not really a set time frame that any particular offering will definitely appear there. I'd also add that I, I, I neglected to mention Philip's email. The subject of his email is traveling on Spectrum of the Seas in September and Spectrum being a new ship. And I know the Spectrum recently just arrived in China that I think perhaps there's also a little bit of a lag in terms of getting it all going because of course it's a brand new ship new itineraries, new sailing. So, you know, uh, there's, there's a little bit of that element of, you know, freshness, if you will, to getting it all sorted out. So you may see even more of a delay than you would in other sailings. But the bottom line is it will certainly be there and I wouldn't worry too much about it. In terms of the thermal spot packages in the seven days, usually it's per night. So you might want to pay attention if it is per night because obviously the days don't really count. But if you're getting it, if it's for the duration of the cruise, that should be the, the case, Philip. I wouldn't look past that too much. So thank you for the email. Do appreciate it. Our next email is from Max who writes, love your podcast. It's been a great way to stay informed during the exciting buildup to our next cruise. My husband and I will be celebrating our one year anniversary in a crown loft suite on our upcoming Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Symphony of the Seas. As I was previewing a cruise planner for Symphony, I was excited to see an LGBTQ meet and greet event listed on, on there. Uh, since we did not see these listings for this on Oasis of the Seas back when we sailed in 2015. Do you know if certain ships or sailings tend to offer more of these types of events? Thanks for all the infotainment and keep up the good work. Max, thanks for the email. You know, I, I don't know that there's, I can certainly recite any kind of pattern, Max, as to like what they offer. I can tell you that Royal Caribbean's offerings have evolved over the years. And certainly I'm not surprised to hear that in 2019 versus 2015, you're seeing that kind of a difference there. I will tell you that in my cruising experience, I have certainly noticed more of those events more regularly listed, not to say that there's like one a day or something like that, but we were on, oh gosh, it was one of the group cruises, one of the Royal Caribbean blog group cruises. And one of the members of our group wanted to attend one of these events. And I remember them mentioning there was an uh, LGBTQ meet, I think every day or like there was like regular meetup during the evenings. Again, that may have been for that particular sailing. A lot of times Royal Caribbean will look at who is coming on that sailing and if they see a group that has you know higher numbers than usual, they may adhere to that. There was a great example that was told to me uh, that Royal Caribbean did not too long ago, where there was a number of uh, observant Orthodox Jews who were coming on board a particular ship, and so they offered more kosher offerings. They actually had a rabbi on board to help facilitate that. But again, they kind of look at the mar the makeup of the group. Not that necessarily an LGBTQ. Um, you know, can show up on a crew manifest, but there's a lot of ways that they can kind of discern and figure these things out, especially when there are group sailings, right? And that's the other thing, Max, you might want to consider looking at in the future if you're interested in those kinds of things. There are definitely uh, charter events as well as larger groups who sail together, and then you'll have more of those type of events to, to go with. But in terms of the regular sailings, I would be pretty surprised if you don't see one. And Max, the proof is in the pudding. Check out those cruise planners that we have at royalcaribbeanblog.com. If you go back to, you know, two or three of them randomly in the last couple of months, Max, and you see them listed there, it's a pretty, it's a pretty safe bet you'll have it on your sailing as well. So hopefully that answers your question. Thank you, Max, for the email. Our next email is from Aaron, who writes, we've been on several Royal Caribbean cruises. Thanks to our recent relocation to Central Florida, it has become even more frequent. I just booked a three-night Bahamas trip out of Port Canaveral for October on Mariner of the Seas and found it cheaper to book two balcony rooms for my family of four than book us all in a single room. 
We've never done two rooms, and as of right now, are not able to get connecting rooms. So my question is, can we get key cards for all four of us that open both rooms? My kids will be nine and 11 at the time, both season cruisers, so we may or may not allow them to stay in the room together, but it would really be helpful if we could all come and go to both rooms easily. Can this be done? Let's, there's another question, I'll get to that in a second. The answer is yes, Aaron, absolutely. Go to guest services, you can ask them to uh, take care of that for you. They can, I've seen it do both ways where at the very least they'll give you a secondary card, Aaron, that you can use to get in. There's no problem there whatsoever. I've encountered the situation as well. And this is a great tip, by the way. If you are traveling with a family of four or larger, don't try to cram necessarily into one room, whether it's a balcony or a suite or any size other room. Always consider two smaller rooms, in fact, because in a lot of cases it can be cheaper, depending on the promotion and a variety of other factors, but it's not only can be cheaper, it's also, it's a better situation, better setup if you ask me, because you get separation from your kids, you get two bathrooms, and as I've always said, I love my children. I don't love sleeping in the same room as my children. So having two different rooms is a really great idea. And yes, guest services can definitely help you with that once you get on board. Now, Aaron's other question is, what do you recommend for Nassau? We may stay on the ship as we've never been on Mariner of the Seas and there'll be lots to do, but we also have never stayed on board in port. We've done dolphin and seal encounters at Blue Lagoon on our previous trips, but nothing else in Nassau is eye-catching. Thanks to the podcast, all you do. It's been a great help in our vacation planning. In fact, our first cruise was with Disney and on your advice, we tried Royal Caribbean. You were so right. We have yet to return to Disney Cruise Line, but may try it again someday. Well, Aaron, I am so glad this is helpful for you. Thanks for the email and thanks for listening. What to do in Nassau? I'm gonna give you two recommendations to do in Nassau. Nassau is a port you need to do a little more work for, but there are some cool things to do there. Although I will tell you, there's nothing wrong with staying on board the ship and taking advantage of that. Heck, I'm sure your kids will enjoy the water slides as well. Uh, less of a line there to, to contend with. So all that being said, there are two things I definitely recommend to do in Nassau. If you want a great beach, pool, outdoor, enjoy the weather kind of day, definitely check out the British Colonial Hilton. This is offered independently, not from Royal Caribbean, but you can get a day pass over there. It's a regular hotel, but you can buy a day pass that'll get you access to their beach, to their pool and their facilities. And the best part is there's actually part of that cost is a food and beverage credit. So it's a, it's a beautiful location, uh, really nice. And you can actually walk there from the ship. You can't take a taxi, but it's, it's overkill, really. It's just a quick walk uh, right past Senor Frogs, if you know where that is, but it's really easy to get there. And wonderful day I've spent, uh, I've been there before. We had a great time, so really, really nice. The other thing is you're looking for something a little different. If you're saying, Matt, I want something, you know, we've, we've been there, done that beach stuff. I want something a little different. Check out the Jetline Simulations uh, fly a Boeing 737. No, not the real thing, the, the the simulation of it, but they have a full cockpit. You get, you sit down there, your kids can come to and watch and you can sit behind the controls and literally fly or virtually fly, I should say, a Boeing 737. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. We have reviews of both the, the Boeing 737 simulator as well as the British Colonial Hilton Resort Reviews of both at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Aaron says, just go to the blog, search for it. I'm sure you'll find those posts there. So thank you so much for, for checking us out. And time for one more email. And that email today is coming from Don Sleet of Independence, Missouri. My wife and I recently returned from our ninth, ninth Royal Caribbean cruise, a four-night trip on Brilliance of the Seas. Although too short, it was one of our more enjoyable cruises. With only a couple of exceptions, food in the Windermere was very good, and there was always a nice variety. I like an omelet for breakfast and learned on this cruise that if you ask them to use fresh eggs, they will use the eggs that have been cracked for the made-to-go order eggs instead of that vat of yellow goo. You can also ask for a different type of cheese that may have it nearby. The service was excellent and the ship is well kept. Our only issue is with the Wi-Fi connectivity. We did not purchase the Voom package and we were only using the free Royal Wi-Fi connection for its app. The connection kept dropping and would not auto-connect. It became quite annoying to have to go into our phone settings and reconnect 
just to look something up in the cruise compass. Also, we had to turn off the auto update setting for the time because once the connection was lost, uh, the time could be wildly incorrect. The ship was not crowded at all and I suspect not sold out. We were wondering, since the mythical upgrade ferry did not call, if asking guest services for an upgrade was a possibility or once the ship has sailed, has the upgrade possibility sailed as well? Is this something we could have asked during check-in? I just started listening to your podcast last year and I've almost caught up beginning at episode one and I look forward to checking out the blog each morning. Keep up the awesome work you do, keeping us up to date with all things Royal Caribbean. Don, thanks for the email. Great stuff. And to answer your question is, you can always ask. Absolutely. I mean, you can ask guest services. Heck, you can even ask when you're at the, when you're doing the check-in at the terminal, if there's upgrade availability. Back in the day, Don, if you had asked me this question about 10 or 15 years ago, I'd been like, who are you asking? There's no podcast, but there's no blog. But anyway, I digress. Um, I would have told you that the answer is, yeah, you can go to the, uh, you would have talked to someone called the peer agent. And uh, I've done this, I did this back in my early days of cruising, where you would go there and you'd find some person behind a desk, usually with a clipboard full of papers. And you'd say, hey, can I upgrade? I remember I did this, I think I tried this on Disney Cruise Line back in the day and I asked and they kind of flip through them and they give you, oh yeah, you can upgrade to this room for this price. And I think it only happened one time and then I kind of laughed to myself because the price was absurd and said, uh, thanks, but no thanks, I think I'll pass on that. But certainly you can ask a guest services. Oftentimes, actually these days, you'll see a sign, right? I guess services says, sorry, no upgrades available. And Don, even though you sense that it wasn't quite full, I would still be shocked if there were upgrades available on board the ship. Now, if there are upgrades available, yes, you can go to guest services and ask them about it and they may provide a price or some, you can strike a deal to make that work. Um, but that's the place to go. So the answer to your question is yes, you can. But these days, Don, I would be genuinely shocked if there really was an upgrade opportunity because Royal Caribbean is selling a ship so well that the notion of going on a cruise that's not sold out to me is, even on brilliance, seems quite far-fetched, honestly. This just doesn't happen anymore, which is a credit to what Royal Caribbean is doing. But Don, thanks for the email. Thanks to everybody for checking out this episode of the podcast. Of course, you can always send me your emails at to uh, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.